Hello, and welcome to 141 Studio. Continuing our World Cup coverage, this is the Coffee House. I'm Ryan Whiting. And I'm Paul Cushing. And we're talking Group F today. Group F is Belgium, Croatia, Canada, and Morocco. Where do you want to start with this one, Paul? Let's start with Croatia. I, You know, honestly, this is I think this is a far more interesting group than people want to recognize because I think Canada is a team that will is going to surprise people. I don't know if they'll make it out of the group or anything, but I think if they did, I don't think it would be... I think everyone would be surprised, but I wouldn't be. Let's put it that way. And Morocco is another team that is like much more talented than people realize. There are a lot of really good players in that team and like playing for really good sides, like top sides. And, you know, this this is a group that I feel could go many ways. Now, I feel like there's a but that you just sort of left hang in there. So Canada and Morocco are interesting, but Croatia and Belgium. I mean, they're the two teams that everyone knows that are, you know, Belgium is at their considered to be at the end of a golden generation and one that didn't accomplish nearly as much as they were they were hoping they would no but i wouldn't say it's all they, that they haven't had their moments and chances to do it i think they lost to a french team in uh in the um in the world cup 4 years ago i would say last year was the uh, or in the euros they had their opportunity really to do something and i think they let that slip by they lost to italy i think they gave up two kind of cheap goals to italy and i think they had their opportunity to to take that they think that was open for them to to win that title and they didn't do well, it italy ended up winning the competition yeah they? but italy didn't play particularly well in that game and yeah. belgium had their opportunities to you know at least make it get it to extra time and i think they they blew those opportunities anyway and croatia made it to the final in the last world cup and I don't think much has really changed. If anything, I they I think they've actually improved since then. Well, they've they've have better players and better positions this time one around. One thing has changed. They maybe had the best player on earth four years ago, and he's getting very old. I, he is still playing at a level that is like far and above anyone's expectations. And now he actually has other midfielders there. We're of course speaking of uh, Rakitic. Oh no. No, no, no. He was not the best player. No, M- Luka Modric was the best oh, player for them. I'm sorry. I'm Rakitic was he was yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, he was still very good, but he's he's no I mean, that was his last that was a swan song was 4 years ago. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no. Uh Luka Modric. Sorry. Wrong Real Madrid midfielder. <laughs> yeah, Modric uh Rakitic never played for Real. He only played for he Rakitic played for Barcelona and Sevilla. Who the hell am I talking about? You're talking about um, Kovacic played for Real Madrid and then went to uh, Chelsea. Who's the other old Real Madrid midfielder? Yeah, Tony Cruz, who's German. Uh, yep, that's the one. Yeah, it's, Tony it's Cruz. Cruz, who is like legitimately a hundred years old or something at this point. No, he's like thirty-two or thirty-three. He's he's younger than you realize. <laughs> just to, just delete this whole section. Um. <laughs> I know I just ruined you in about two minutes. Uh, oh my um, god, I am I am off I am off the pace of the game today. Um, so <laughs> Luka Modric, Luka Modric is still at playing at a really really high level for Real Madrid, and he's still gonna he's gonna be the thing is is that team. The way it's constituted means he doesn't have to work. He doesn't have to do all of the hard work for them. He's got Kovacic and Brozovic, and Brozovic is like one of the fittest midfielders in in the world. And he covers so much space for Inter Milan, and he's like 
he's so so good like people he's one of those uh, midfielders that people don't talk about enough like his stats are through the roof and he's young i think he's like 25 or 26 he's gonna have a he's gonna go to to spain at some point or he might go to england i don't know i mean at this point uh, everyone's going to england so we'll see well yeah um, unless you're a galactico yeah maybe but we'll see i mean <laughs> or you're like 33 and you decide to go to barcelona yeah because you know it was your boyhood dream or whatever it is lewandowski did i mean he's played well for them i don't want to criticize i mean yeah he's done. no he's great it's you know he's amazing he just also i don't know they activated three levers or something for him yeah so he wanted so he, he has a desire he has a chance he has every right to do what he did yeah i mean I, i'm i'm not you know i mean it just sounded like you slighted him because he I, decided he wanted to go to barcelona at 34 and, and make some money and and play really well well i'm i mean in barcelona is a night like a very nice place to be compared to munich i'm not slighting him i'm just saying one of these teams gets to keep playing in the champions league and the other gets to go play i don't know celtic in europe yeah i yeah i mean i i get it but he's that was a tough group and they're not there yet they're in the process of turning that around and i think they'll be fine they're gonna finish in the top four every season they're gonna like even when they're at their worst (laughs) they're able to finish in the top four and get into the champions league so yeah it's much more than what arsenal could say for five years or you know some of these teams that have been like who go up do become poor like yeah you know they finished seventh eighth ninth like manchester united you know it's another team yeah you know? manchester united is anyway anyway we're off th- we're off the plot anyway we're going back to <laughs> croatia because we uh went off the rails no 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 <laughs> no. we're fine leave it in or not that's your decision nate um, but, no uh... no leave it in because it actually is there's is somewhat somewhat semi-important conversation croatia starts with their midfield and how they dominate through the midfield. Now, are they aging in certain areas? Yeah. Ivan Perisic is 34 or 33 uh, on the wings. Their their wings are a little less youthful than they have been in the past. And I think, but they have um, they have strikers, they have attackers, they have def- they can defend. I would say defending wise, they're better defensively than they were four years ago, which is saying something. And they were pretty good defensively four years ago. Their best defender four years ago was a player who was playing in Turkey. <laughs> He's playing in the Turkish Super League, and now they've got three guys who dominate in the. Uh, they at least definitely have one guy who dominates in the Bundesliga in Guardiola. The only position that I'm really concerned about with regards to them is their goalkeeping. But even then, their goalkeeper that they do have is fairly young and learning, and he plays for Dinamo. He's solid. I think that was his stomach, by the way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. no, that was that was weird. Um. <laughs> Ryan's stomach made this uh, crazy noise. We thought that something was coming from the crypt. Yeah, no, I I might be dying. That wasn't great. Um, (laughs) No, he's fine. He's just, his stomach is going through changes. Um, (laughs) Anyway, uh, (laughs) but uh, Croatia is a team that they, the thing about Croatia too is that they have the knowledge to make it through. They've done it a few times now, and they've now made it to a final. And the thing is, is for a country that has been is very short lived with regards to World Cups, they've made it, they've made it to a semifinal and a final, which to me is absolutely amazing. And they keep churning people out. It's like a miracle. They four million people, four million people live in Croatia. And they've made it to a semifinal and a final of a World Cup. And they compete consistently in the World Cup. Now, I think they've lost in the group stages a couple times, but yeah. 
But the fact that they consistently compete at the highest level and at that highest level is, is a miracle, in my opinion. I think it's it's fascinating. What they do, how they train, I, I don't know what it is, but they do something that no one else does. So <laughs> Have to be doing something, right? Yeah. And so I think they have all the pieces available for them to make another deep run. Now, how they do it is another thing. I think they're going to play. They're going to. They're going to be the team that's going to play possession and pass you to death. They're going to just keep it. the ball, and I, they're not going to. They're not going to. And the thing is, they won't allow a lot of chances. And I, the thing is, is their defending. Their defenders are good enough now that they won't have to worry about it. They won't. They like they could give up free kicks every now and again, and it'll be fine because they're not going to have that. I mean, if you win the midfield, which Croatia Will should do. often do they do they will yeah. yeah i mean if they run into brazil it might get tough but other than that like be... brazil and i would say brazil and maybe france right like, like, but even then i would still take croatia's midfielder over france's yeah they beat them four years ago and not much has changed if anything the players that they have the the only thing that's different is they replace um rakitic with uh brozovic yeah and brozovic is a more mobile midfielder than rakitic was yeah rakitic was was definitely getting past he was a deep point. lying yeah. number six at that i mean not yeah. to say that he wasn't filthy because he was he oh was yeah no so he's a great good, player but, but, but um you know you you can get a little vulnerable when you start losing some of that m- mobility yeah but if, if you can control the midfield you always have a chance to win the game i think croatia to me is one of the they will be one of the semifinalists in the world cup i think they will be because i think they have all the pieces available to them and as long as they stay healthy they are gonna dominate games in the middle they're gonna have 70 65 to 70 percent possession of the ball and they're not gonna allow you enough chances to keep you in the game and yeah. so i think that's that's gonna be what happens and this is not like a i think they're more progressive than a team like spain is and they have better finishers than spain does because i think rubich is better than Morata. i think they have guys like that are better finishers yeah. than what spain has consistently so that's the big difference between spain and croatia they're very similar teams in a way but yeah yeah, I think. yeah, they are very. Now that you mention it, they're pretty. I would say similar in the sense that they both have great center midfielder, uh, central midfields. They both have defenders. They both have great attacking players. Mm-hmm. But I just think that Croatia has a better finishing set of finishing players than, yeah. than Spain does. Um, um, so if if Croatia doesn't make it out of the group, which you think they will, they'll make it out. Yeah, I think that's the one. Yeah, I the one like real lock for me is them. Really? Okay. In the group. That'll be a fun conversation later. So, Canada or Morocco, which one do you think is the one that could make the most noise? Mm, Good question. Canada is a fascinating story, something that has been building for, I don't know, 15 to 20 years now. Couple decades. Couple decades where they're they've been trying to develop talent, and it looks like they finally have developed a group of talent that has, and um, they have a clear identity about what they are too. I mean, they are a team that defends really deep, and they counter, and they have great wing players, and they counter, and they so counter fast. at speed. Yeah, they counter so with speed. Fast. You got Afonso Davies and Tejon Buchanan and Kyle Laren and a bunch of guys who who can really cause a lot of problems um, when you're playing four v four or five v four or something. Thing like that, you know, which which Canada sort of has to do because they do lack some of the depth of some of the top teams. They lack some depth, and they don't have center. To me, they don't have center midfield play that has any comparison to any of the best teams. They're right. going to be working hard and like just trying to keep things in front of them and make sure that they don't allow big chances. But yeah. their big thing is to sit deep, counter, 
And they did it. They've done it to the United States. They did it. They did it in Concacaf. They did it the entire. The US. Yeah, they. I mean, but it was more because of the way in which they played. You know, like they. You know what you're going to be up against with that team. Mm-hmm. And I think all these other teams know that too. Like Croatian yeah. will know what's going to happen, and so will Belgium. They know that they're going to sit in a low block and they're going to force teams are going. Canada is going to force teams to beat them through nine or ten guys within like a twenty yard radius and or twenty yard yeah. Yeah, Would you radius. say that they're kind of the pinnacle of the CONCACAF team this year? Like, they're the CONCACAF ideal. They sit back, they try to smash, grab, and run like hell, and they have the guys to do it. They're, no. They have the talent when they get one-on-one with, like, Alfonso Davies that he can, in fact, go win that and score a goal. Mexico is not, like, a, a like work hard, beat teams on the counter kind of team. That's that they've never tried. I mean, they they play very direct, but they're not that team. Right. Neither is the United States at this point. That's kind of that's kind of what I mean. Canada's still doing the Concacaf, like sit deep, try and get the try and get a penalty or try and grab one on the counter, and just you know concede sixty percent of possession, you know sixty five percent of possession, and just you know get what you can out of it. I think Canada plays to its strengths. Mm-hmm. They are not. They they don't have that wealth of center midfield talent or like ball players that can consistently take over games. You've got guys who play on the wings who are really fast and really powerful and you have a couple guys who can finish, you know? And what you want to do if that's the case is like make sure like the center areas are like really clogged up and then you create space for the guys out wide and you allow them to just play and like get them into as much space as possible because you know how dangerous they are. I think we want to label it as a comp calf thing but if the canada played in europe they would be a problem there too yeah it's not like they're this is not this is not like a oh they've they've conca-calfed because they're really they don't have talent it's they do have i mean alfonso davies is like one of the best backs in the world right mid I, he plays as a midfielder for canada too he plays as a winger for canada, canada yeah, he, because he plays all over the pitch yeah. for uh for baron munich yeah and he's uh, well Bayern munich he's very much slotted as a left back i believe he's like very much there like starting left back but when yeah. he when he plays for canada they'll slide him up they'll play him they'll even sometimes play him as close to a forward as possible uh, left back for baron munich basically a winger half the time in the Bundesliga. That's true, but he he still has to defend. He, he doesn't defend as much uh, for Canada as he does for Bayern Munich. Yeah. That's for sure. And I think he'll be healthy. Like, he was, he's was, he been out. He I think he'll be healthy for the time of the World Cup. Um, yeah, I, I wasn't trying to say they're, like, classic CONCACAF to be reductive. So, to me, they play like the United States a decade ago, where they're, they're very much playing to their strengths, trying to play very defensively and get it to your really good really great players like uh, like Landon Donovan and you know Clint Dempsey and they just sort of have that feeling about them where you, you know they're not as deep with talent as some of these other teams, but they're doing the best they can with what they have, and they will be dangerous. They'll, you know, they'll maybe draw with with Belgium or draw with Croatia, a game where they should definitely lose, and they could they can be a spoiler. They can get out of the group. They could win either of those games. I yeah. I, I, I don't. I, they have they have the ability to win all three games that they play. They they do. They 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 have enough star power, enough players who can create problems that they could. I'm not saying they're going 
going to win all three games, but they have yeah. the ability to to win. They they have the ability to make it out of the group. They do. I, I actually think all four teams could make it out of the group. Oh, this is one of those like rare like this is like a weird group to me because I think yeah. this is not necessary. People wouldn't say this is a group of death because I don't know if it is, but there are all four teams can make it out of the group, and I don't think any of them would be a surprise. Feels very group B like where it's like, well, I mean, any of these teams can beat each other on on the right day. So you know, whoever comes out will just be the the teams that basically survived that right right oh yeah so so he's been playing again he, he i he was out hurt but now he's he's been back so and he he has been yeah he's he had a goal and assist a couple weeks ago but otherwise i mean he's he's playing every game and and he byron are playing really well again yeah they won 6-2 today <laughs> um which is where alfonso david uh, I, plays i do wonder canada hasn't been in this position in a while where they're they're back in the world cup and what they've done they've they've looked very good in CONCACAF when they get to the World Cup and they run up against Belgium or Croatia and it gets a little bit tougher do you think that they're going to struggle with it because they haven't been in that situation again in a lot of ways it's kind of what the uh, United States is going to be dealing with as well you have a bunch of players who haven't been in this spot before I always think there's this opportunity that that could happen like where teams come in for the first time and they're overwhelmed by a spotlight but then there are teams who come in and they go actually we let's right. like we're playing with house money let's go with it let's let's right. let's just take our chances and see what happens and i feel if like a lose, team like lose, i feel like a team like canada is going to be that kind of team because the the thing is is that the other difference between the united states and canada this is a good actually a very good comparison is that the united states has exp- like the expectation for the united states to perform well is far higher than canada yeah. So like Canada is already like they made it to a World Cup. This is mm-hmm. awesome. So like whatever happens beyond this, so they could lose all three games and lose four 0 and everyone would still be like, oh, we are so thankful hey, that you made, made it. it. Yeah, <laughs> we are so yeah. thankful you made it to the World Cup, and like we're gonna remember this forever. Mm-hmm. The United States, if they were to lose four 0 all three games, they would come back and they would be. Like, everyone gets fired. Some members of that team will never play for the U.S. again just because of the stink of it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's you know, and that I think there that is a huge, huge difference. To, to expectation and I think they're gonna Canada will play free because of it I think that's why I think Canada has every ability to win all three of these games is because it doesn't matter if they lose these games right they're there and that's all that really mattered is they've for them to make it. it there they've already done they've already accomplished the goal that they needed to accomplish for this World Cup which is make it and they've done it yeah so I, that's why I think they're the most dangerous team of the four like I think they're the most like wild card of the four teams in the group I don't I think Morocco in comparison is that's another team that's kind of I mean I feel like when you come out of Africa like you're just grateful to be there because I feel like <laughs> Africa's brutal is winner go home the whole time yeah you've, <laughs> you've got five teams in the group or four teams five teams in their group and right. you have to win the group and you're and if you're fortunate enough to be a second place team that qualifies like right. or makes it to the playoff man and the thing is too is like you think being CONCACAF to something no nah, go to Africa oh. it's I, way worse right. way worse I mean, I feel like you like there are certain times where Concacaf can can make it weird, but I feel like in Bolivia Africa, is a weird match, huh? Bolivia is a weird match. Yeah, I mean, but Bolivia is so bad yeah. in comparison. I mean, they're good. I mean, they're they're better than probably some of these other teams, but Bolivia is so poor, and they're not allowed to play at one of their stadiums. They, they can't too, play two miles in the air or whatever. Yeah, they're was. not allowed to play yeah. in La Paz because. Um, because it's too high up. Yeah. So they. So they. So for people who don't know, 
Bolivia has a, a stadium that's like what a mile and a half. Uh, it's like above six or seven thousand feet feet yeah. above sea and level. And they used to schedule all their important games there, and teams would just die essentially. Not like actually die, but you'd just run out of air. And Bolivia would be used to it, so they could kind of like you know run you off the pitch at a certain point because what everyone like- else is gassed. Yeah, there's <laughs> right. no they can't get enough oxygen into their bodies because they're not used to it. Yeah. yeah, and your body just like wants to shut down after like you need like at least I was trying. There have been a lot of thoughts about altitude and like what you should do. And some people think you should go the day of. Other people, it's five days later. Mm-hmm. Um, but they say like one of the worst things to do is go there like the day before and then try to play the next day. I guess it's yeah. like the worst time to, to play because you're not acclimatized, uh, acclimatized to it. Anyways, but yeah, I think this Canada team, there's I just there's a chance for them. There's yeah. a can't chance for this Canada team. That's that's the biggest thing. They their goalkeeping the isn't great. They're just they're just, they don't have. I wouldn't say they have a premier defender. They don't, and they they are their strength is on the outside, like uh, wing backs, wingers, and they have a couple guys who can finish. So uh, I do we. I think Morocco is the next team we should look at. Yeah, I was gonna ask if you wanted to move to Morocco. Morocco is another team that is is very. I don't know what the word is. They're fascinating. They've got players. They have players all over the field. They have they have an excellent goalkeeper um, who starts for Sevilla and uh, mm-hmm. Bunu. They have strikers. They have wingers. They have defend. They have good wing backs. Mm-hmm. Um, I would say central midfield is like kind of the only area where I feel that has some question marks to it. Do they come in as the? Well, no, because Australia's here. But do they come in in this group? They're the team without a true star. Who do you, who do you Hakimi? Yeah, he's a superstar. He's been okay with Chelsea. No, he's not at Chelsea. He's with PSG. Ashraf Hakimi. He's been he plays for PSG. I have been terrible with my names. Which oh, I'm thinking Ziyech. I'm sorry. Ziyech has been uh, up and up and down, but I think that's also been a a reflection of the coaching around him. Yeah, Ch- Chelsea's been a really weird team. Yeah, I, I'm sorry. Yes, Hakimi's been Hakimi's been good. For Hakimi, yeah, they're they've been great. They. I mean, I mean, not them. I, I, I think, I think they have a lot of really kind of interesting. Romain Saiz plays for Wolves. He's a solid player. Uh, does he play for Wolves anymore? I can't remember. Uh, let's see. Does he play for Wolves anymore? Um, he plays for Besiktas now hmm. in uh, Turkey, but he had played for them for a long time. Bunu. They got Mazrawi, who's a great right back. They have two, <laughs> two of the best right backs in the world. <laughs> I think Mizrawi can play centrally. Mm-hmm. Um, Akimi, or I, what they could do is play Mizrawi as the right back and then play Akimi higher up, and he could be in it more of an attacking player because Akimi yeah. is a far better attacker than Mizrawi is a pretty good player. But and they have Al Nesri. Ziyech will be Ziyech is still going to be good. I mean, at this World Cup, he's going to have space. He's going to do things. He's got he's got this wand of a leg, you know. Um, Sufian Bufal is a decent player. Munir. Uh, Munir Aldadi is very good. They've got Amrabat. I would say the central midfield is um, really their issue considering of all of all the areas that they they have issues with. Well, that's that's a weird dichotomy in this group. There's two teams without a central midfield and then two teams who central midfield's probably their strength. Right. Ugh. Yeah. I think for Morocco it's going to be very similar to the game that they that Canada will play which is is um sit deep counter and let your wing wingers and your wing play 
dictate what happens to you. I think they're okay central midfield-wise. They have a couple guys who can play. Like Amrabat plays, I think, for Marseille. Or he plays at one of the top teams in French, France or Italy. But he is a very solid. He's a very solid midfielder. He's a lot. I think he plays at Marseille because I think he allows Guendouzi to shuttle up and down and allows Guendouzi to attack a little bit more, which is kind of what his game is. And so I think. Oh no no no! Amrabat plays for Fiorentina. That's where you mm. go. All right, here we go. I do remember this. He <laughs> wears ninety. I think he wears ninety nine for Fiorentina. So that's why I remember. I was trying to remember where they they have a uh, Marseille have another midfielder that like looks similar to him. I think so. That's maybe why I got confused. But he's a guy. He's a good player. He's a good player for Fiorentina. Fiorentina is one of these teams that's like they are all like kind of always in the mix to like finish in the top six or seven. And they always kind of finish there, at least recently in the last two or three years. They want to move up higher and be in that top four again, but it's kind of hard to break right now. There's a lot of really good teams in Syria. Yeah, Syria is pretty good right now. There, there are a lot of very solid teams in Syria. Who is it that's just absolute Napoli. Napoli's, Napoli's just wrecking. running wild through the Champions League right now. And, they, and they're, they're they're top <laughs> yeah. of the they're top of Serie yeah. too. And they, it's not like they've done anything crazily different than they have just in the past. All came together for them this year. In a way, they they do have some. Diff- different players um but they also have they are able to game plan to specific teams with some of the players that they have and yeah it's been sort of they are great to watch they're so good to watch and i saw that roma they played roma a couple weeks ago they were great oh it was so good and a simian like hit this freak volley like he he uh knocked he like beat smalling with just a ball like a it was kind of a hopeful ball like the mm-hmm. ball gets played over the top and they're both running for it and a simian like beats him like physically and then just hits it with the outside of his foot and puts it in the yeah. far corner and if, like and Rui Patricio had like just stood there and was like what just happened he was out of position by the way too I just wanted to say that <laughs> uh, if you haven't if you haven't seen uh, Osman play yet uh, he's phenomenal Osman, yeah, he's, he'll he'll be someone that you you'll hear his name Turkish Osman no he's he is I think he's Nigerian yeah okay which means he's not in the tournament yep but he's yeah, which is sad. He yeah. wears a face mask. He even though he doesn't <laughs> need it, he wears a face mask. I, he bro- so he broke his face. He broke his nose. Yeah, and then he was like, kind of like Rip Hamilton. He was like, I actually kind of like this. Yeah, he that's his yeah. and it's his jam now. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So now he just always wears it. Some guys like it. You get to kind of be like like Batman. You get you get like an evil kind of thing going on. I'm interested to see who they start up top, uh, Morocco, going back to what we were actually supposed to talk about. Right, what we're supposed to do Um, here. uh, Because El Nesri is a better counter-attacking player than um i'm trying is it al hadadi they have a couple they have a couple guys um but i think he'll be the guy that will lead the line when they play some of these like when they play uh, belgium and they play uh croatia because he'll be able to get on to the end of these things and he can hold up the ball well he's like long and lanky and actually quite strong and um and he's young he'll be able to run so i think they this moroccan team we'll see what happens but I, this is another team that is like, well, if they somehow knock one of these big teams out, it wouldn't surprise me. Like if they end up finishing second over Belgium or Croatia, or they, I wouldn't be surprised by it at all. Well, so I guess that does take us to bring up the uh, one of the big teams that could get knocked off. So we're we're kind of at the end of this golden generation, aren't we? 
we're getting there. Eden Hazard's basically a non-factor. Actually, he played recently for them, and he was—I think he scored like twice. Two or th- yeah, yeah. He's like, of course, like he's for his national team. He's going to show up. Yeah, he's and played a hundred total minutes or something with Real Madrid this season. No, like it. So it was a stat I heard the other day. I can't exactly remember it. The total minutes he's played for Real Madrid and like the three years he's been there is like under five hundred or something like that. It's it's very small. He has. He oh has yeah, been he's hurt. been hurt yeah. the whole time. Like they put a plate in his ankle, and it yeah. like was bothering him the whole time. He kept on getting like hamstring injuries and stuff. And that that is part of the effect of like that happening. And so yeah. anyway, I don't know what to blame of that Real Madrid thing. On in a way, actually, I do blame him. Um, I shouldn't <sighs> blaming. It's not about blaming. I, he came in. That first season, they bought him mm-hmm. for 100 million pounds, 130 million dollars, and he showed up 15, 20 pounds overweight. Yeah, he he went on holiday. He came in. He was he was out of shape. I actually think it's a way simpler explanation. So I've always described him because he's not exactly a goal scorer. He's not exactly a guy who like flips crosses in. He's a progressor. He's a running back, an NFL running back that plays soccer out on the wing. And part of his job has been getting kicked. He has been kicked so many times. What? You you just letting me, you look like you got something to say. And I think accumulation, like to, to extrapolate, 28 years old is really all you get out of most, most running backs. You take enough punishment to your leg. Over the years, eventually you break down. And I think in a lot of ways, that's kind of what's happened with Eden Hazard. Eden Hazard is, 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 or has, was, I would say he was one of the best attacking midfielders. I just want to make that clear. Oh, yeah, no, I'm not, I'm not saying that as like a, a negative thing. No, 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 but I think he's, he did it all for Chelsea mm-hmm. a long time. Like he, does he get, was he fouled a lot? Yes. But he was a serious creator and a serious yeah. goal scorer for them. Yeah. I No, I mean, so what I mean is he gets himself into dangerous spaces. Mm-hmm. And yeah, he scored a ton of goals. And yes, he creates a lot. His primary, like, driving kind of, like, thing he did was get into dangerous spaces. Well, no, but it just sounds like he, like... Uh, it just sounds like you discredit like what he did and like the things that he did and I, like it, when you compare him to just being a running back it's it you it just sounds like he was this bowling ball but he was an incredibly skillful player oh like, yeah he's one of the most he was like i mean did he do i feel that he should have won more with them yes i do think i do think he in a way underachieved as a chelsea player because i never i always felt in the big games he never showed up enough but yeah. was he one of the best players that Chelsea has had in the time of their new like generation 15 yes. 16 years yes absolutely yeah so I guess, I guess I don't mean it as a as a negative thing what I what I am saying is and I'll try and he's taking his punishment this. right I've never seen him dive oh he's div- oh he's oh I'm, I'm sure he has but like it's he's ne- taking his fair share of dives but yeah he's taking his punishment too like he's right. taking his lumps and that's what you that's also being in England too like that's part of the, the and, landscape and and like to to bring it back to the he like understood that this was his job he was gonna get kicked and he just kind of kept going in anyway right you know 
But yeah, it, so he's plagued by injuries at this point. Definitely a reduced player, although probably like on his day, still a very effective one. Yeah, he. I mean, he it, he could show up at any time and score and right. create the the game winning goal. The assist. I, what's in what it will what ha- could happen is he may not start for them. He probably won't start for them, but he could come off the bench and cause some issues for teams. If he comes off the bench and you're like, oh, we got to deal with him for 35 minutes, like I wouldn't want that because he he knows how to produce magic. He knows how to do it. So it's not it's not about it's not about like his ability. It's about does he have the legs to do it for a period of time? Yeah, it's uh, for American listeners. It's like you have a significantly more accomplished Pulisic that's coming off the bench that can just beat anybody one on one at some point. Like, yeah, he, yeah. I mean, they've got another team that's fairly. We want to say they're really strong central midfield wise. It's really about De Bruyne. I was gonna say it's. It, they just have probably one of the five best midfielders in the world. He's the best creative midfielder in the world. Yeah. The, he does things that no one else does on the field right now. Still, still to this day, what he's. Would, what would you say his role is at Man City? Oh, he's the he's he is the free player. He is like the free creative player. So everyone else has like a real role, and he's allowed to float. He goes wherever he would like. Yeah, he does. He plays the messy role in that Guardiola system like he's allowed to go into and but really it's he's allowed to play free but really the idea is that he gets into zone 14 spaces I know this is gonna be a little boring to bring up but zone 14 is essentially where all the creation comes from when it guards with regards to tactical we're talking about positional tactical play this is like the the half half spaces right outside the box it's like between the D and the edge of the box um, outside the 18 that's where all of the good stuff happens and that's where he plays or that's the idea of where he plays consistently and he is special he is so good He's hit so many. I think it was the Newcastle game. Was that the one where he hit that that outside, through ball outside of the boot, like through, through ball, ball on the ground, yeah. and then like he broke up, like he he beat like seven players in that one ball, and so, it was just freakishly like you just sat there and you're like, yeah, there's like three people I've ever seen yeah. really do that. Uh, it's yeah. a, it's a signature pass. He's done it more than once. He, he he will take one like out with the outside of his foot, and he'll just kind of like curl this through pass into a streaking, you know, silver. It was a reverse. Or- though too like he hit yeah. a reverse ball like the, those th- those ones are like the ones to me like when people see like the movement of the, the players and can mm-hmm. see that thing behind like that's like oh that's yeah. to me is like such a special yeah because it, it was far post like are we to I think we're talking about a different I think ball. we're talking about a different, a different pass. I, no, no, it's yeah. a different pass. Like, uh, Yeah, definitely a different pass. But anyway, he's he just does things that not many people can do. And he can score with both feet. He can play with both feet. He can he's he defends really well. Like, I, he's, he's an underrated defender. I know people want. He's not, I mean, he's not like a defensive monster, but he can, he does the work defensively oh. still. Yeah, and he's a big, strong boy. Like you, you, he's like six foot, right? Something like that. He's like six two. He's big, yeah, yeah. Like but yeah, he's, he's a very large guy. He's excellent. He's just I, I love watching him play because he's also a very intelligent player. Mm-hmm. And I, in a way, I feel <laughs> it feels if it's a little sad because he may never win a he may never win a major championship. He he's go. I think they will win a Champions League this year, and I hope they do because he. I think 
he deserves one. It's much like Thierry Henry. Thierry won, Henry won one at Barcelona. Yeah. I think if he wins one here, like it will be totally justified. Like yeah. they, he had the, they had a chance two years ago, and I can't believe. I mean, he got knocked out essentially in that game. Right. He li- literally knocked got, out. He got, yeah, yeah. Knocked out like by Rudiger, and it was nothing malicious or anything. But it was like he's Rudiger stopped him. You know. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, if he dies, he dies. You know. I'm gonna. I, I take just the body the of the ball. ball. Yeah. Right. Um, yeah. <laughs> it was such a bummer too because he knew it was over. Yeah. Like he was like he he knew and he was really bummed out because he wanted to finish that game because yep. he felt like he had something to contribute. Yep. Um, I guy like him always thinks that he has something to contribute. Oh my goodness, I wouldn't take him off unless oh, like yeah. I knew oh, he was yeah. like super injured or something happened to him. He's and the thing is too, he's been consistently like for the most part, he's been really healthy. So. Yeah, so I I mean it's just a team that this the team the problem with this team right now is is not like necessarily moving forward it's at the back. Yeah. You got Courtois who is a solid keeper but centrally central defensive wise like who who is playing for them. And even as like wing backs like they have uh, Mounier, Thomas Mounier who's a solid player, plays for Dortmund. He's like okay. And then I can't remember who they play of left uh, left back, but defensively that's going to be their big big problem. And like yeah. s- defensive center midfield. They think they have Alex Witzel, who's a solid, like, he's now, like, 33 or 34. He's getting, getting up their names. And so, like, those are the things to me which are concerning for them. Yeah. Uh, and, I mean, it does come down to come down to the attack. They have Romelu Lukaku. They have Kevin De Bruyne. That's maybe enough at that point. It's not. It won't be enough if they have to defend. They have to. They have to figure out how to defend consistently. Because the thing is, is like even a couple years ago, at least they had like Vertonghen and yeah. um, Alderweireld. Alderweireld, yeah. Like yeah. they don't have any of those guys anymore. No. Or Vermalen. All those guys are gone. They they used to have four central defenders play as all their their backs, <laughs> like right. at, like in the back, and they yep. would just win games because they no one could score on them. Yep. Now it's the other way around. It's like oh well, we have to score four goals in order to. And that was that was really it for the golden generation. They still have all the attackers. They still have the midfielders. I want to. I just want to. I, I just want to quickly see who they have for for their central defenders. They've dress dress Mertens. Dries Mertens is a forward. He plays for Galatasaray right now. They still have Rotor. They have Trossard. Leandro Tross, Trossard. He's an excellent player. Oh, De Cattler, who's a really good player. They have t- like Yuri Telemans, good central yeah. midfielder. There, it really is like their problem is going to be defending. They need to figure out who is going to defend for them. They have Castagna and uh, Jason Denayer, who are solid players, but it's nothing like they... Not like it used to be. Nothing like they really need, I think. Right. They don't have like, like that star defenders. They have Salomon. Like, they, they do have really good They have teams. so much attacking talent. They have so many good midfielders. The, they just right. have a lot of good midfielders. The guys and, sitting on their bench. And like Lois Openda. <laughs> I just saw Openda score a hat-trick for Lens the other night. Like he scored a really, he scored a second half hat trick. He came on in like the fiftieth minute. He scored three goals for them. So they've got all, they've got players. It's not like, yeah. um, it's not like it's it's really comes down to can they defend? Can they defend if they're forced to defend centrally? Can they can they do it? I think if they can figure that out, I mean they've got all the other players in place, and they don't need Eden Hazard to do it for them. No, I mean they have his brother. So. <laughs> Gun to your head. Who you got coming out of this? Um, uh, coming Croatia out of this and Belgium. I like to I like to take an upset and put my stamp on it. I also think it's going to be Croatia and Belgium. 
I like Canada and Morocco. I think it's gonna. This is not gonna be an easy group for Croatia and Belgium. I, if I see a blowout of one of these games, it'll be surprising. But I, um, I really do they, think they're just they are superior to these other teams. Lo- looking at the attacking talent Belgium has, they're lucky that the bottom two teams are gonna just try and sit back and defend. Uh, because Belgium's gonna beat that at certain points, and it's gonna it's gonna get hard for them. And I think that they won't have to really worry about getting uh, thoroughly exposed until they make it to the knockout stages. You you think they get to the round of sixteen? That's when they f- that that will happen. I yeah. I think you don't think Croatia happen. will expose Belgium? I think Croatia and Belgium are going to be all right with just kind of playing a game and not worrying about like they'll just smash the <laughs> other two. And- I mean, I hope you're right because I don't think that there's going to be no smashing. I just I, yeah. I, I want to make that clear. There's going to be no smashing in this group. If there's a smashing, it's because a player was sent off yeah. in a game. I, but so other than that, I don't think there's a smashing. I think it's just there's an outside chance. If there is any smashing, it'll probably be Belgium on, on Canada. That's the only one I see. Like, And Canada's going to do fine, but I, I can see that being 4-2 um, once, like, once Canada has to open it up a little bit. They'll get theirs, but Belgium will be like, okay, <laughs> we'll, we'll get ours. Mm, interesting. Okay, that's, that's fascinating. Okay, so Belgium and Croatia, those are the two teams I, for both of us. Yeah, I think we both agreed. It's so boring. Yeah, well, we have to uh, at least one of these groups. We're both we have boring. To. I mean, I'm, I mean, I'm wearing <laughs> all solid colors right now. I mean, we're in a studio and it's really quiet, and the only thing you can really hear is the heat going on up above us. And and Nate, our uh, editor, telling us we have to wrap finish it up. up. Yeah, <laughs> right. I know. We Hurry gotta, up! Uh, we're running out of time. All right, all right. We hear you. All right. Well, uh, <laughs> we are going to move on to Group G, right? FG. Right. That's well. G. We're we're gonna wrap this one up and do a nice little bow for for Nate. I'm just saying we, we love we, him. Group Group G is coming in the future. Is oh, what Group I'm G saying. is next. Oh, yeah, for Group sure. G is Group G is next. And do we even know who the teams are in Group G? We will in a second. Mm-hmm. Uh, when I look, I at, believe it's the mighty, the mighty, uh, mighty, 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 mighty. Yeah, we got Serbia, Cameroon, Switzerland, and uh, and the juggernaut. Brazil. Brazil. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you for coming along with us on this. And uh, we'll, we'll see this you is group again. F. So this is Group <laughs> F. We just uh, did a preview of Group F. And yeah. um, we'll hopefully... Hopefully you have enjoyed this and you have actually listened to this point into the podcast. And we hope that you come and listen to our next one. This is Paul Cushing from 141 Studio. Thank you for listening. Have a good night. (laughs)